0: Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Oh, what have you seen? What have you heard? What is it that stirs within your heart? What is it that causes you to look away from a mighty God and to think it can't happen? There's no way. How can God do anything now? But I say unto you, you watch and see. Open your eyes. Begin to look beyond that what you see in the natural. And look into the Spirit. For truly coming at you like a rising tide is the blessings of God like you've never experienced. Begin even now to declare and expect things beyond your imagination for I will show myself to be the God that does exceedingly abundantly above all you can ever ask or think. So even in this day, in this hour, which truly the days will even grow darker, but your light will shine, your peace will come, your blessings shall flow and the goodness of God shall cause many, many to come into the kingdom. So be solid. Stand secure upon the rock of your salvation. Do not be shaken, moved in any way whatsoever. And you shall experience and see the salvation of your God. Hallelujah. Last week we started Hebrews chapter 2. You can turn to the book of 2 Thessalonians. We're going to begin there. uh, Chapter 2. But last week we started in Hebrews chapter 2 to kind of Uh, show you uh, through the Word of God how the enemy uses fear to manipulate people. He's doing that right now. And we talked about how the Bible talks about how Jesus, uh, by overcoming death, has delivered us from the fear of death in which we were in bondage to. Amen? So the enemy knows how strong and how effective the fear of death is. Has anybody got a revelation of that just in the last few months? how the fear of death has shut down the world. You know, if people didn't feel di- fear dying, they, could, they would have no power in this. Say, well, nobody dies of this. You know, they just, uh, they just they're, they're, they're the right side of their cheek itches for two days and they lose five hairs off the back of their head. Nobody would be afraid of anything like that. But if they say, you're going to die, then everybody freaks out. Why? Fear of death. Fear of death is a powerful force in the earth. Your adversary, the devil, knows that. He is a criminal spirit, but thank God Jesus Christ delivered us from the fear of death. You say, Pastor, I really, I'm afraid I might die. Then get saved. Because there's nothing wrong with dying. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And every, uh, every uh, testimony of people that have died and went to heaven and came back said they never wanted to come back. You're not going to want to come back. Amen. Once you're with Jesus, you're going to want to be there. So we begin to talk about different things about how uh, it is, it was in the day of Noah, so it, so it will be at the end of the time or the end of the earth or the, or the wrapping up of this dispensation, how this is the, uh, the, the church age. We're living in what the Bible calls what Jesus coined uh, the acceptable year of the Lord out of the book of Isaiah. He, he, he actually uh, pulled that out of the book of Isaiah when he quoted that there in Luke chapter 4 when he came out of the wilderness empowered by the Spirit. So we know we are living in a dispensation of the mercy and grace of God. The judgment of God is not on the earth, but there is a wage to sin that many people are experiencing the fullness of that wage because we've been 6,000 years on the earth. The human family has under the bondage of iniquity and trespass. Therefore, the wage of sin is paying its maximum dividends right now. Aren't you glad you're redeemed? I said, aren't you glad you're redeemed? Now, we begin to talk about things about, you know, the the rapture of the church and Jesus coming back, how we begin to talk about, uh, you know, inspired by the Holy Ghost back in around December, uh, we begin to declare Jesus is coming back to the earth. We've had wonderful teaching by uh, Brother Joe Morris over the years on the end times, all the wonderful uh, truths that he brings out. And I'm certainly no end times preacher, and I'm not really teaching on the end times. I'm teaching on what's going on right now. Amen. You say, what do you mean by that? I thought you said this is the... No, I'm trying to pull us into the now of what God's doing now and how God is trying to impact and impart into people's hearts the reality of where they they are on, on God's calendar, on God's clock and how imperative, absolutely imperative it is for you to wake up and realize and recognize the day and the hour in which you live. Now, 2 Thessalonians... Chapter 2. Now notice this. It says, uh, verse 1, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto Him. Do you see that in your Bible? Now notice it's talking about two things. It's talking about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, but then it says this, and by our, everybody say our. So now that's speaking of us, of our gathering together unto it, that you be not shaken in mind, so God doesn't want you shaken up because of what's going on. Ought to get a better amen than that. Don't be shaken in mind. That you be not shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit or by word, nor by a letter from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Actually, the true translation is this, is that the day of Christ has already happened, or that the rapture had already happened. They were actually believing God the rapture was going to happen at any moment. Amen? Somebody should have got a revelation right there. Why were they so used of God? Why did God bless that group so much? Because they believed the rapture could happen at any moment and they lived their lives like that. That time has come back around. We're at, we're at the end of the 6,000 year land lease that man has upon this earth. It's over church. I said it's over. That lease is up and Jesus is coming back for His church and Jesus is coming back to this earth seven years after that. Scriptural. Amen? Now, it's talking about that. It's relating to that right now. And, and he's writing to the church at Thessalonica and showing them all that's going to happen. Now it says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. Now notice two things there. Falling away, and, and, the, and the man of sin be revealed that man of perdition. Amen? Now, I've heard all kinds of kind teachings, depending on who you follow after. It's amazing how, uh, how many people, you should have cut your phones off. <laughs> Amen. Many people have taught over the years, when you, when you look at people who teach eschatology end times, you'll see that there are those, there's probably as many different ways of teaching eschatology as there is people that teach it. Now, I've heard a teaching on this that says that that, 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 uh, that falling away, or that that, yeah, that falling away is, a, is actually the rapture. That's the rapture. And they've done word studies and all. Well, I did a word study, and that is the word apostasy. Now, let me read it in the Amplified because the Amplified is known by its translator as being closer to the Greek language than the King James is. Listen to what the Amplified says in verse 4. Let me find it here. Or is it in verse 3? Yeah, verse three, it says, uh, "Let no one deceive or beguile you in any way, for that day will not come except the apostasy or the apostasy comes first, unless the predicted great falling away of those who have professed to be Christians has come, and the man of darkness, the lawless sin, is revealed, who is the son of doom or perdition." Now, notice what it says again. It says, those who have professed to to be Christians, the falling away of those who profess to be Christian have come. Now let let me just say this. Let me throw this out to you. I believe this has already happened. I believe the last 15 years in the church, we have witnessed a great falling away. I have the statistics to prove it on church attendance. On, you know, Bible sales have really not spiked until this event happened with this coronavirus. Now Bible sales have gone off the charts. But I've watched the body of Christ since I went into the ministry in 1984. I've watched the crowds grow. During the 90s, crowds were tremendous. Everywhere we would go preach, places would be packed. People all over the place. It was amazing some of the crowds we preached to. I preached to crowds as large as 10,000 in the 90s. I mean, it was amazing. Then we begin to see a falling away. The user-friendly, seeker-friendly phenomenon begin to pull people out of the church, and then other people just begin to walk away. I've literally had people look in my face and tell me, I'm done. And I would say, what do you mean you're done? They say, I'm done with the church, I'm done with God, I'm done serving God, and they've walked away. Yeah, ooh. That's why you better be careful and guard your heart in this day and hour. Uh, literally if you go over and study the book of Timothy uh, it says over in 1 Timothy chapter 4 he says that day will come there will be many that will depart from the faith so literally at the same time that there's a great harvest coming in there's a bunch of people going out and the problem with his going out, he said, well, you know, I've kind of gotten cold in my walk with God. It doesn't really matter. If I don't make the rapture, well, praise God, I'll be there when Jesus comes back. No, you won't. If you can't serve Him in the good times, you're not going to serve Him in the worst times the world has ever seen. Especially at the price of your life. Amen. Some people just won't be inconvenienced by three services a week. Won't be inconvenienced by tithing and offering. Won't be inconvenienced by reading the Bible and praying over. Well, what about your life? Taking your life from you if you don't take a mark and follow and worship the man of perdition. Oh, I wish I had time to teach on Worship for just a few moments to show you that is the direct desire of your adversary the devil and what he is wanting to do upon the earth is to get people to worship him. Worship is the issue. When he brought temptation to Jesus, he said, you fall down and worship me and I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. Well, we don't have time for that. I'll teach on it later. You'll, you'll like it. You'll start worshiping God a lot more. Now notice this. Who opposeth that man the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worship, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself he is God. So he's going he to he go show up and tell about, I'm God. He's going to walk around here seven years showing about, well, I'm God, I'm God, I'm God, I'm God. Well, he's been a liar from the beginning. Amen. Now notice this. Remember ye not, that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now you know, and I notice this very closely, and now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. Now do you see that? And now you know what withholdeth. Let me read that in the Amplified, verse 6. Let me find it here, 5, 6. And now you know what is restraining him from being revealed in His time, it is so that He may be manifested or revealed in His own appointed time. Amen. Now you say, "Ah, uh, Pastor, I just think the devil's taken over the world." He can't. There is a force on the earth that restraineth. There is a force. To, a lot of people think, well, I'm not, you know, I I I go over there to the island church every once in a while, you know, and and I I you know maybe maybe when I'm there they, they recognize me, somebody says hi or something, but I'm on when I'm not there, nobody cares. Listen, you don't understand. We care when you're not here. We care when you don't come to church. You say, why? Because God has called us together as a restraining force against literally that which is coming on the earth at the last of the last days during that seven year tribulation. He can't come on this earth till we're out of here. Are you ready? I said, are you ready? Oh, this is going to get good tonight. It says, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Everybody say, taken out of the way. Uh, Moffat said, uh, uh, will not come till rebellion takes its place. Another translation says, it's going to be a time of great rebellion. It says, we are the restraining influence. We are a power that holds him in check. Isn't that amazing? Now, notice this. Let me find it again. It says, For the, uh, for the mystery of iniquity hath already at work. Only now, who now letteth will not let until he be, now notice this word, be taken out of the way. Now, that word be taken. I looked it up, studied it in several different translations, and also looked it up in my concordance. It is the word, E-S-P-S-U-N-A-G with a straight line over the top, another G, and then an E with a straight line, which is, I don't even know how to pronounce the Greek. But here's what it means. It means to be gathered or assembled for the purpose of worship. Now notice what this says again. It says we're going to be what? We're going to be the ones that are going to be taken out of the way. Or we're going to be the ones that are going to be gathered to worship. He's talking about the church. He's talking about the church. Now, I looked that up and I, when I was looking it up, the Holy Spirit said, now, look at that word. Look at that word. And notice its reference in the Bible. And look at the number. There was a little number. I think it was 11097 in Strong's Concord. said, look at that. Look at that number. Look at that number. And then the Lord spoke to me and said, now, real quick, real quick, go to Hebrews chapter 10. So go to Hebrews chapter 10. The Lord was speaking to me. He said, go to Hebrews chapter 10. So I went to Hebrews chapter 10. He said, look there in verse 25. So I looked in verse 25. Very familiar scripture to me. Verse 25 says, "...not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching." That same word, taken, it was the only time that Greek reference was used, and the only other time that Greek reference is used is in the word, assembly." Now, hold on, are you with me? Jesus is saying, the Word of God is saying to us, a time is coming when I'm going to take you out of the way. Because you are the ones that are withholding, you are the ones that are restraining, you are the ones that is keeping evil from doing the maximum potential of what it wants to do with its lies and with its death right now. Amen? So I'm going to gather you together and I'm going to gather you together to worship. Then it says, don't forsake the assembly." Same Greek word. You're going to get this in a minute. You say, how, is, how important is the rapture of the church to Jesus? It's as important as every church service we have. No amens on that one. Study it yourself. He's saying right here, Forsake not the gathering of yourselves together to worship. I'm going to have to work on this a little bit. Now all through the Old Covenant, given to Moses at Mount Sinai, the way to sacrifice the sheep. Who could sacrifice the sheep? When they sacrifice the sheep, the procedure in which you do it, how you cleaned, how you offered the blood, how you sprinkled the blood, what you sprinkled the blood on. Everything was a rehearsal. A rehearsal. Year after year century after century, millennial after millennial, the Levitical priests rehearsed a drama in the Holy of Holies that at one time in the, in, the, in the expanses of time and eternity, Jesus performed that last drama in the Holy of Holies of heaven and we were born again. So Jesus says, the day is coming when I'm going to gather you together to worship. Up you're going to come. Gravity's going to lose its hold. You're going to step into a glorified body. But in the meantime, forsake not the assembling of yourself together. Because every time you come to church, it is a rehearsal of that day in which you'll be caught up in the sky and worship the Lord Jesus Christ. This is my message. I didn't get this from anybody. I got this from the Holy Ghost. You say, What do you mean by that? Literally, that's, listen, that's why, ever since I came back to the Lord, I got to be in a meeting. I don't care if I'm preaching, I want to be in a meeting. I want to be where they're worshiping God, where they're receiving offerings, where they're preaching the word, where they're praying for the sick, where they're running the aisles, where they're shouting. You say, Why? Because every one of them is a rehearsal, a rehearsal, a rehearsal for one day when gravity loses its hold and we rise to worship Him. Amen. And if you're fighting against every church service you're supposed to be in, what makes you think you're going to go up in the rapture? That'll calm you down. I used to preach that from the other angle on change how God wants change to be perpetual in your life as we've been teaching on Sundays growing up in Christ coming out of that infant stage into that childhood stage growing out of adolescence coming into full maturity change after change after change after change change in your mind change in your personality change how you treat your body change how you treat each other walking in love change 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 cause one day you're gonna be what change in the twinkling of an eye. Same thing. It's the rapture of the church. And if you're resisting every change that God is bringing into your life, what makes you think you're going to accept the last change? I told you I'm going to start preaching as a warning. This is warning preaching. Because I don't want nobody looking at me at that day saying you didn't tell me. I'm telling you right now. I said, I'm telling you right now, it is time to live for God. It is time to serve God. It is time to be a part of a local church. I don't care how they try to restrict us, what they try to do, we're not going to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, even more so as the day grows evil. I've had friend after friend have to cancel conferences, have to cancel crusades have to cancel these wonderful meetings. We're not canceling Fall Harvest. We're probably going to go to the convention center. And we're going to configure those chairs where we can seat about three or 400 people. And we're going to invite every person we possibly can who's not been able to have their conference or their crusade. We're going to say, come to Galveston Island in October. We're going to shout. We're going to glorify God. We're going to do what? We're going to gather together to worship. I said, we're going to gather together to worship and glorify God. We're not going to miss our rehearsal. All right. Matthew. Chapter 25. I swore to myself I'd never preach on Matthew 25. Just like I swore I'd never pastor a church or have kids. That all comes to an end. Our pastor, J.R. Goodwin, would preach on this and it would literally scare the hell out of me. I mean, I lived for God almost three days after I heard <laughs> teaching on the 10 virgins. Now, the traditional Pentecostal message of the 10 virgins is taught like it's the difference between those that are saved and those that are saved and baptized in the Holy Ghost because it talks about two different workings of the oil those that had oil in their vessels and those that had extra oil so they, they taught and preached for years that well you know you can be saved but if you're not baptized in the Holy Ghost you won't go up in the rapture that was, that was a standard how many by raising raised in the Assemblies of God that was a standard of their teaching you know that then the standard of their teaching taught by many of the I think even P.C. Nelson taught that which, which was the founder of the Assemblies of God but now let's, let's look at it. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying let's look at it a, l- a little different angle. It says, verse 1 Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Now there's so much type and shadow in here. Bridegroom could be referring to Jesus, the, the virgins could be referring to, to the body of Christ, those that have been made pure by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But now notice this what it says it says, five of them are wise and five were foolish. Now notice what it says, five were wise and five were foolish. Now this is a key to unlocking and understanding this parable. Five were wise and five were foolish. So five they're going to act according to wisdom and where does wisdom come and where does it start? Wisdom starts by the fear of the Lord and wisdom is built by the word of God. Are you with me? So we got five word word people and we got five foolish. Now, who are the foolish? Those that just take it for granted. Well, you know, I'm a virgin. They just take it for granted. Well, you know, because of who I am, not what I do, I'm going to get everything from God. Are you with me? Now, notice what it says. It says, they that were foolish took their lamps, took no oil with them. But now notice this closely. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Did you get that? In their vessels with their lamps. Now notice, while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. Now, now just personal opinion, I think that's, I think that's where, where the church is right now, where it's been for about 15 years. I think the bridegroom has been slumbering. The, 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 uh, excuse me, the, uh, the bridegroom has tarried, and the virgins who are the church have slumbered and slept. But now notice this, And at midnight there was a mighty cry, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, come ye out to meet him. Then all the virgins arose. Everybody say, all the virgins arose. There it is right there. There's your awakening. There's your revival. Are you with me? There it is right there. All of them, hey, let's wake up. Time to serve God. They all arose. Now notice this. They all arose. They all... Then all the virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, lit off their lamps. But the foolish said to the wise, give us of your oil. Now here's the problem. I can't give you of my oil. I can't give you of my salvation. I can tell you about salvation, you can get your own salvation. I can't tell you about the I can't give you the Holy Ghost that's on me, but I can tell you about the Holy Ghost and you can get it. Are you with me? So notice what they did. It says, the foolish said unto the wise, give us uh, of your oil for our lamps. But the wise answered, saying, Not so. So that was the wise saying, we can't do that. Least there not be enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. Now what is do Anybody know what that is? It's the world system. What do they do in the world system? They buy and they sell. They buy and they sell. So the foolish virgins end up doing a foolish thing by... And this is is what came to my heart when I was studying this. If they would have just stayed there and not gone to the world system, and at least when the bridegroom came, he could have seen them and they could have cried for mercy. Are you with me? But they weren't there. They were absent. And because they were absent, the bridegroom came and the five wives came in. And they shut the door. Just like in Noah's day, they shut the door. Amen? Now, notice this. It says, while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. Notice this phrase they that were ready went in with him. They that were ready, they that were ready. They that were ready went in with Him. I don't think the issue is speaking in tongues. I think the issue is they that are ready. Are you, are you playing around in the world where all they do is buy and sell, buy and sell, buy and sell? Are you waiting and ready with your lamp Now here's another issue the reason the foolish virgins had to go seek for oil is their lamps had gone out. Now there's going to be two kinds of Christians on the earth when the rapture happens. There are going to be those whose lamps are lit. That means they are doing and obeying what Jesus... And we sang this song, I will build my life upon the Word. Will you really build your life upon the Word that instructs you to be a light in the midst of darkness, to be a candle set upon a hilltop? Amen. Their light went out. Their light went out. That means they were inactive. They were dormant. They were not ready to be caught up to worship. You got to stay ready. I said, you got to stay ready. Now notice what happened. It says, while they went to buy, bridegroom came. They that were ready went in with him to the marriage and the door was shut. There's coming a day, church, when the door's going to be shut. There's coming a day when the door's going to be shut. Afterward came the other virgins saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. Now notice what what happens here. Open unto us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Now I believe this is a location problem. You say, what do you mean a location problem? They weren't there. If you go study the Hebrew... Marriage ceremony. You know, when, when, when Jewish people get engaged, that's like they're, they're married right there. I mean, there's no their engagement is basically their marriage. And then they head toward this celebration, this three days of celebration, which you have to be there. If you're a bridesmaid, if you're a, a groomsman, you have to be there for the three days. You've got to be there in the celebration. You've got to be there for all the festivities that go on. You've got to be there for the ceremony. You have to be there. If you're absent, you're not a part of the festivities. He said, I don't know you. Now notice, there's the words of Jesus. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh. Now, here's the thing. Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. I thank God for Cornelius. I'm going to look him up when I get to heaven, shake his hand, put my arm around his neck and hug him. And I'm going to say thank you for being a man of God and being the man that God used to bring a great move of the Holy Ghost into the Gentile nation. Now you think about, some Bible scholars say Cornelius could have been the centurion that came to Jesus. I don't know. I have not studied it. I've heard a couple of people mention it. One particular gentleman that I know that taught uh, for many years uh, said that he felt like in the Word of God, that Cornelius was the centurion that came to Jesus and said, Jesus, I have a servant that's sick at home. Uh, Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. He said, you do not need to. All you need to do is send your word. I'm a man under authority. I I, I say this to this one. that one." So I don't know if it was him or not. But as a Roman soldier, now listen, as a Roman soldier, as an officer in the Roman army, he was privileged to the observation of not only what was going on in Rome, but what was going on in the armies and what was going on in all of the nations and probably in which he had been dispatched to during his military career. Now what did he see? If you go study Roman history, you will go see that he was observing a great deterioration of both the integrity and morality of Rome. Rome was headed for a fall. Cornelius was looking for a God. And he found God. He found the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Amen? And because of his consecration to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he became a devout man, one that feared God with all of his house. I'm not going to even mention the other two. But he became what? Devout, and he what? He feared God. Now what does that mean to fear God? It means I am not going to do anything in my life that will compromise my fellowship or my relationship with God as I know Him right now. Trusting that there's more. So he was devout and he feared God. And God looked around in the Gentile nation. So maybe there's a righteous man, maybe there's a scribe, maybe there's a lawyer, maybe there's you know a merchant, maybe there's you know somebody that's seeking after. And he said, look, right there, there's Cornelius. He has become a Jewish proselyte. He's serving God the only way he knows how to. I believe I'm gonna send Peter down to his house because his prayers and his alms have come up as a memorial. That is his invitation to me, and because he is devout and feared, fears me, He has laid the foundation for a visitation. You say, what? how is that even relevant to us today? How devout are you toward the things of God? How devout are you? You know, I, I paint this picture of my own life, of you know, living perpetually with God on my mind, praying all the time, studying. I do. I love it. I'm more hungry for God today than I've ever been in my life. I know more, but no less. I want to know more, I want to experience more, I want to see more. I want to drink more of His goodness, His love. I want to give out more to the world, to our area, to this island. I want to be so devout toward God and fear God, reverential fear. I don't want to displease Him in any way. I don't want to hurt Him. I don't want to disappoint Him. I don't want Him in any way. Think that in any way in my heart there's any kind of disqualifying disqualifying behavior in my life. I want to be there when the trumpet sounds and the voice of the archangel calls out and Jesus says, come up to worship. It does not happen just because you're a virgin. It happens because you're doing what you're supposed to be, where you're supposed to be doing it, the way you're supposed to be doing it. Amen? Now, when you begin to ponder and think on these things, I can tie it together to so many types and shadows. You can go to the book of Daniel. You can talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You can talk about different incidences in the Bible. You can talk about Moses and Joshua and Caleb, three men. You could talk about all, all these other people that just refused to live any other life, but a life totally saturated in the things of God. And they were men, the Bible says, that were not worthy of this world. Because you have to realize that either death either death or the rapture of the church, because one of the two is going to happen in your life. You're either going to go by the way of the grave, which is not in any way an intimidation, not in any way a, 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 an And endot- hey, Let me just throw this out. You say, well, Pastor, I'd really like to go up in the rapture. I, you know, if I died and went to heaven, I'd miss the rapture. No, you won't. Go study your Bible. You'll just be going another direction. You say, what do you mean by that? In the rapture, all those that have gone before us come down, we go up and meet them in the air. The greatest family reunion you've ever seen in your life. Nobody born again misses the rapture. Amen. But you're going to have to realize you're unique in the reality that you are and we are a generation in which the destiny of man and the sovereignty of God are coming together at the end of a dispensation. And you're not just going to get the full load of all the blessing of God just because you happen to be present. You have to be active. We've said for years, we want men and women, boys and girls, teenagers and young people, everyone at Island Church to be participators, not spectators. We say that for a reason. You say, why is that? That's who Jesus is coming back for. I know people, there will be tribulation saints, there will be people that will be saved during the tribulation, but to have to live for God during those seven years. You go study the book of Revelations and even the picture that it paints, I'm telling you it's going to be one of the most horrible of horrible times that you could possibly ever imagine. And many of a believer will lose their salvation by bowing their knee and taking that mark, which will be a sign unto God that He has rejected him and accepted the man of sin. You say, why? We'll teach on it next week. Because the issue is worship. That's exactly what it is. The issue is worship. You love the Lord tonight? Lift your hands and thank God. Father, we worship You this evening. Thank You for Your love, Your blessing, Your grace, Your mercy toward us. Father, I pray if anyone be here tonight that needs to get saved, give their heart to the Lord, or reconsecrate their life, or perchance anyone is watching, has found us on the internet, Facebook, is watching tonight, and says, I don't want to miss what God is doing. Maybe they need to restore their fellowship. Maybe they need to get saved for the first time. Touch their heart gently. Let the spirit of conviction come in their spirits. Let the sinner recognize He is a sinner in need of a Savior. Let the prodigal recognize there's bread in the Father's house and that the Father beckons them home. We're going to pray, pray a prayer here at Island Church. We invite anyone here at the church that needs to pray this prayer to pray it. And we invite anyone watching over the internet, over the live stream that needs to pray it. Pray it also with us out loud so your own ears can hear what your voice is saying. Church, you ready to help him out? Out loud. Heavenly Father, tonight, I recognize, I realize the day and the hour in which I live. Things have changed. We see that the curtain of this dispensation is being closed. And that You, Lord, have allowed me the privilege to live at this time. Therefore, tonight, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, and I recognize Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world. I accept Him into my heart, thanking You, Heavenly Father, that You sent Him to the earth, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on a cross, rose from the dead, did it all for me. I believe it. I receive it. I accept it. Heavenly Father, I am a foolish virgin. But tonight, I get wisdom. I wise up. I come back as the prodigal came, restoring my fellowship, thanking you, Lord. You never broke the relationship. Thank you. The blood of Jesus, this night, cleanses me from all sin and all unrighteousness. And I declare, I'm back home, right with God, serving the Lord. Thank you, Father. I will not miss, I will not miss the gathering together to worship. This week, next week, or when it happens supernaturally, I will not miss it. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. If you prayed that prayer and you live in the Galveston area, Come visit us here at Island Church. If you live somewhere else, pray. The Lord will send you to the right church, the right pastor. Look for people that believe, being born again, believe in the power of God and the name of Jesus. God bless you. Praise God. Stand on your feet if you will. We'll pray and be dismissed. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the reality of your word touching our hearts so that we, Lord, might recognize and realize the signs of the times. Thank you as we leave tonight. Your protection and safety is upon us. No evil befalls us. No plague comes in our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. We thank you, Lord God. Whether we travel on the highways, airways, seaways, railways, any other way of travel or transportation, we're protected. The righteous labor of our hands, whatever we put our hand to prospers. Thank you we're not subject to trial, tribulation, trauma, temptation, terrorism, accidents. We abide under the shadow of the Most High. Thank you for the door of utterance. So many hurting. So many lost. So many fearful and panicking. Lord, they're they're drinking. They're doing drugs. They're committing suicide. But Father, let our light shine like the wise virgins. Like a light set up on a hill. We thank you for that door of utterance. Lord, as we leave tonight, we walk in faith and love towards you. In in love toward one another. Thank you that you've made us ambassadors for Christ Jesus. That here at Island Church, we're covered by the blood, empowered by the Word, and anointed by the Spirit of God. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.